0: Amy Carroll.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. As a communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, I'm delighted to be your host and excited to bring you insights and ideas to help you solve your communication conundrums. This is the 29th episode of my show, Partner Up with Amy Carroll. If you want to find out more about me, what the show's about, feel free to listen to previous episodes on my website, carolcoaching.com, or the voiceamerica.com business channel sure to download the app, or you can always tune in to use using one of your favorite podcast apps and listen that way. If you missed last week's show, I interviewed Sarah Payton, a neuroscience educator and author. We explored why it's so hard for us little human beings to receive feedback and what happens to our nervous systems when we receive the feedback, which helps to explain why it's so hard to receive it in the first place. We also talk about the ideal state for receiving feedback and much more. So you can check that out from uh, February twelfth. No, I mean March twelfth. I mean, do I mean March twelfth?
2: You mean March?
1: I do. (laughs) The twelfth too. Oh god, we're already into March, Amy. (laughs) So the voice you're hearing that is my guest today, the amazing Talitha V, aka my outstanding social media woman. Welcome, T. Thank you, Amy. Happy
2: to be here. Me too. <laughs> to bring you up to date. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, literally.
2: <laughs> Today's episode was inspired
1: by a workshop I gave last year for a client on conflict. So I decided to recruit T to be my communication compadre. So T, you say that so much better. Let's hear the, the gorgeous Spanish uh-huh. accent.
2: Compadre. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. That's it. Even better. <laughs> So, T is going to be asking questions clients have sent sent
2: in. Shall we jump in? Absolutely, Amy. Uh, And before we do, why don't you introduce the PPP model? Mm, Good idea.
1: Okay. So, when T says the PPP model, she's talking about the predator-prey-partner communication model that was first developed by my sister, Pat Kirkland. And I'm going to say close to 25 years ago. And it talks about these three archetypes of predator, prey, partner. Now, most of the time, most of us are behaving as partners. Like right now, T and I, we've been recently fed and watered. We're both looking pretty good. We're feeling good. And it's easy to be partner (laughs) in these moments. Uh, The problem is under pressure, stress, perceived threat, crisis, COVID, or just if we're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, We're going to slip either into the predator or the prey. So what do I mean by those? The predator. The predator is a person who's not afraid of conflict. She tends to hold just a little too much respect for herself and not enough for others. Is that clear, T? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, uh, okay, but but, what would I do? (laughs) So I'm either leaving T feeling intimidated or ticked off or both. Either way, I damage this relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, by contrast, the prey, um that's spelled um P-R-E-Y, um, it tends to be um a, almost apologetic and uh, too submissive um and too nice. And um, um T, I'm wondering, does, is that okay? Does that make sense? Is is that good?
2: Oh, it makes me crazy.
1: <laughs> right? I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I know. And P, and who people who go pray have such positive intentions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, so the what if I?
1: Oh, jumping. Well, in. Hmm. Yeah. And, and before partner, one thing to outline is if it's not obvious from what I'm saying, is a prey can trigger other seemingly nice people mm. to become a predator towards us.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, the partner, yes. The partner I described as someone who she's holding high respect for herself, high respect for the other, all as well, regardless of positional power. Mm. Okay, and I guess one other thing I want to say about partner is you want to step in partner way before you need it. Stay in partner when the going gets tough Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and then remain in partner, even if you don't get what you want, because at any one of those
2: stages, magic can happen. Yes. Do you think anything else I should say about the model? About partner? Well, I think we're going to get through lots of information, so let's wait and see what comes up. Okay, good. So the reason you brought me in today, Amy, was because you had people complete a survey prior to the workshop. Exactly. Right? So what were the examples of things they listed which can trigger conflict in a business environment?
1: Well, this is, uh, I think there must have been 10 or 12 things on this list. Um, They said things like a sense of unfairness, Mm. micromanaging, insults. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Shouting, even. And this is in a business environment.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Lack of time, which is kind of can translate to building up pressure. When a senior person imposes unproductive work. Others being inefficient. There being a low quality of work. Arrogant or condescending behavior. And having the perception that other people are not listening.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's
1: definitely not an exhaustive, exhaustive list because I've certainly heard other s- examples of things that can trigger conflict.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, though here's the thing. this These situations that I just listed don't necessarily trigger conflict by themselves. It's our reaction to the situation. So mm-hmm. I might get really frustrated by my manager micromanaging me, whereas m- my colleague isn't affected by it at all. Or maybe... Right. One day I'm frustrated by it, and another day I'm fine with it. So the common denominator in this, in each one of those scenarios is me, is the individual. So yeah. more often than not, it's our reaction to a given situation that causes problems.
2: Yes, and that makes me think of a few quotes that I've seen flying around social media, actually, and I think it says something about uh, you shifting your own behaviors, your personal behaviors, to get a different reaction from the same situation. So if something keeps repeating itself, it's you that has to change something if you want to shift that, shift yeah. the energy um, yeah. and, and also, you know, look out for our reactions. Yeah. Okay. Well so you know what that makes me think of, Amy? Do you uh-oh, remember uh-oh. when we were about two years ago in Chamonix and mm. there was that predator woman who came, <sighs> right? do you remember? We were in the spa, a beautiful spa in Chamonix and we came across Valentine. Tell us, okay. Tell us that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Story. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I think you
1: have your. I want to hear your perversion of it too, uh, because you, you, we were there together. So a little backstory for the listeners. So we decided to do a luxury team retreat in the gorgeous, wintry resort of Chamonix, France, up in the mountains, and along with that, of course, meant going to the fancy Schmancy spa. Of course, one yeah. Evening. So you and I, we, we get there, and, and um, we're a little shocked at just how expensive it is. Oh, okay. We, we thought we were prepared. All right. All right. And they give us our fancy robes and towels mm-hmm. and our key to the locker and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it was, it was Valentine who checked us in. Correct. Right at the beginning. Okay. Absolutely. So listeners, you're going to want to remember that name. She, she, this character pops up in, in a moment. Yes. <laughs> So we were off having a great time, popping around to the different hammams and steam rooms and everything. And then we walked out of one. And I went to get my fancy schmancy robe and it was gone. Um, and there are all, the, every, you know, there's thousands or not thousands. There's a couple hundred people there and everyone's robes look the same.
2: So, of course, this is bound to happen. So mm. I
1: didn't take it personally.
2: <laughs> and Valentine had, had actually warned us about that because of yes. so many people in the same spa. She'd said to us that if you lost your gown or your robe, you had to pay for a new one. Right, so been that's right. Really cautiously hanging up our, yeah. our robes, you know, and going, "Okay, remember that spot." And we come back, and it's there. And hopefully, everybody else will do the same thing. And unfortunately, yeah. this time it wasn't the case.
1: No, no. So when we realized my my robe was gone, we, you know, headed back up to the desk and. Robeless to the desk. Robeless, oh, <laughs> yes. It was, it was, I was feeling a little awkward. <laughs> not, 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 um, you, know, a la, uh, you know, au unnatural though. <laughs> Still, Still a you
2: know, awkward. in your bikini.
1: So we go to the the area where the guy's handing out the robes and the towels and he's nowhere to be found. So Mm -hmm. we wait for a little while and, you know, kind of waiting for a minute or two. And then Valentine sees we're waiting and she kind of comes over in a huff. I think she's like maybe she was a little embarrassed that the guy had left or that we were waiting. I don't know. So she was already kind of in a negative state. And um, so she said, you know, how can I help you? And I said, oh, unfortunately, my robe disappeared. And she said, oh, well, you know, you're going to have to pay two euros for that. And honestly, T, I had forgotten mm. that she had warned us. Mm-hmm. Right. So when she said this inside, I'm going, Are you friggin' kidding me with how much I paid for this entry? <laughs> you wanna charge me? For, you know, that yeah. was what was happening in my head.
2: Except in mine too,
1: I mean. Right. Okay. Oh, I feel better. <laughs> yeah. And then instead, though, what happened, what Valentine got was me all chilled out, serene, relaxed face, soft smile. And I just smiled and nodded. Incredible. Like, you know, yeah. Incredible. You know, I hear you. Mm-hmm. And then there's like this awkward silence, although I'm, I'm acting like, you know, all is well. I was fine to just hang out and be quiet. And then all on her own, Valentine says, well, well, you know, I, I something like I guess I can make an exception or yeah, she hands me the robe. Yeah, and you know, I'm all smiley because this happens to me all the time. I use mm-hmm. the skills, and we'll talk about in a minute what I did or didn't do. Um, though what I what I loved the most was when I turned around and you looked at me <laughs> with this look of shock on your face. And
2: what did you? My joy dropped. Said? Oh yeah, I was just like, oh, How the hell did you get away with that? I don't know how you did it. I just you know it was. I was waiting for you to go at her, and you know we were both shocked at the way she spoke to us. Uh, so to see that calm, cool, collected, Bikini-bodied. Uh, bikini bodied <laughs> bikini body in reception, no panic, you know, and, and I'm in my own head going, I'm firing at this woman thinking two euros, you know, as you said, we just <laughs> paid a fortune to get in and we didn't, you know, we didn't lose it. Somebody took it. So the way you kept it together, that's, it was kind of like a big aha moment for me to see you do that. Uh, I'd been working for about a year with you then at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was just like, click, okay, I've got it. Because the pressure was on. We both, well, I felt like I was going to explode in your place, you know, and let her know what <laughs> right. I thought was Um And, so and was let me interrupt you, T, because yeah. what you
1: just described, that's a very common thing for people to do is to go predator on behalf right. of the other person. Often, I think we see parents do this uh-huh. on behalf of their children. Mm. Um, or spouses on behalf of the other spouse or, or the partner, because uh, we're we're wanting to show we're, you know that we love them, that we want to protect them. In this case, you wanted to you know you felt like it was unfair, or maybe yeah, you thought absolutely. I didn't understand her French, and you know, or my <laughs> French was limited, or Amy was just a little too chilled out after that last steam bath,
2: or something. <laughs> right. So human instinct. It was just immediate. I guess it's what we call the fight or flight. Right. I wanted to fight. Right. Um,
1: and so did I. And I was definitely in my brain, except I have done the skills enough that I could control myself. And in fact, I didn't have to do a lot of controlling. There was a little bit of a consciousness. Walking when I, as soon as she came to the desk and I could see she was flustered mm. and defensive, I think mm-hmm. I did a little bit of, OK, Amy, you know, be sure. Get it, ready. You know, be, yeah. Chill out here.
2: Yeah. And and the reason it worked is because of that gentle silence there that you I go. Did. I was trying to think of that. It's the gentle silence that you did. Right. Okay. And the reason it works is if you were Valentine
1: and you barked at me and I just smiled and nodded, hmm. you're, you're,
2: what are you expecting from me, T, in that moment? Well, if I was Valentine, I guess I was expecting you to get pretty irate mm-hmm. and kick back because this must happen mm-hmm. to Valentine. You know, quite often. <laughs> I kind of thinking of Mike. <laughs> yeah. And she's trying to get these two euros off people, and she's kind of like, you know, I'm just trying to do my job, um, and that never washes, or maybe fifty-fifty. Yeah. I don't know, because as you said, so many people in the same space, everybody's got the same white bathrobe. Uh, it's it's pretty tough to to keep that robe, I think, and you know, and it happens. Imagine. I don't know how they do it. So, yeah, Valentine. I think she was expecting you to go off like many people before you probably did. And you yeah. didn't. And that's what or, flipped it. Or go
1: that, you know, she, that the predator you're describing going off yeah. or the prey whining. Well, you know, it wasn't my fault and I didn't. Possibly. Yeah. And because she got neither reaction, mm-hmm. what probably happened in her brain was confusion. Yes. She was expecting a predator-prey reaction. She got neither. She just got relaxed. Spa spa Amy. (laughs) Freshly (laughs) spawned. Freshly spawned. And then because she's not getting pushback or resistance from me, she's she can't really fight alone. Yeah. So she then decides and she also knows, perhaps a bit unconsciously, oh, I'm gonna look stupid in a minute if I keep insisting or being aggressive. Mm -hmm. And then she recalibrates her own behavior. So that's the magic,
2: it is magic. In, in
1: these moments of just that
2: gentle silence. Beautiful. Absolutely brilliant. And such a joy to watch and witness. <laughs> and that, that was it for me. As I oh. said, it was a spark. Uh, oh, there's part two of the there's story. More. <gasps> of course there is. Right? Because remember, when, when yes. we walked
1: away, we jokingly said, oh, ha, 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 good thing we were so nice to Valentine.
2: You never know. You know, we might have to ask her for a favor again sometime. Exactly. And so guess what happens next? We get into the bath, the next bath, and we, I think we waded around in the sound bath with these colors and beautiful lights, having a great time. And then I realized that I had lost my locker key. It had gone from my wrist and we were going to have to go back and see Madame Valentine all over again. <laughs> Yeah, so we had our best oh. partner attitudes on, didn't we? And we went back to get that key, and, and I mean, mean, we were so practically we... giddy because we knew, yeah. you know, that you that she was going to help us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just couldn't ride it. So, oh. yeah, we had we had some fun. We had a laugh. Yeah, okay, so, so Amy. we mean
1: we highly recommend visiting the spa in Chamonix, France, we, we
2: just you bring your partner skills with you. Your partner Might attitude and maybe your own robe, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about if we jump into the questions then, Amy? Let's do it. And the first topic is on managing self. Okay. Mm. So we have question number one. How do we resolve a conflict with someone who has fixed mindset and can only see or want to see their side of a story? Hmm, a tough one. Resolving a conflict. Yeah. I, my first thought, and this is,
1: it's not always what people want to hear, though, you want to get really interested in their opinion, Mm. in their side of the story.
2: Pretty tough in a conflict situation, right? Oh, yeah, Mm because you know they're wrong. Yeah. (laughs) You just need to prove it to them. Exactly.
1: And when they pause, eventually they will. And you want to be actively involved in listening. When they pause, you want to invite them to tell you more. Mm -hmm. And then do more active listening. And then after they're done, do not launch into your opinion or your side of the story yet. First, summarize what you heard them say. Mm -hmm. And then check if you got it right. And then... And then you say, what else? <laughs> I mean, this wow. is when you know, you've, you're really being very generous and gracious to you. You give them all the time they need because it really makes it hard to keep staying a, in conflict and aggressive when one person is being this generous. OK, it's this approach is going to make them feel heard and understood. And once you think they're finished speaking, ask them if they're willing to hear your side of the story. Okay. So you, you got I know it feels like, well, why should I ask permission? Mm-hmm. I listen to them. They still might not be ready to hear you. And it's it's you're only gonna make things worse potentially mm-hmm. if you insist. Right. Now if they say no, which they might, you wanna resist showing frustration and just say, Okay, no problem. I'll check in with you in a couple of you know, who if it's a partner, you know, a couple of hours or if it's a colleague a couple of days to see if you're willing to talk then. Or you could say, okay, no problem. I'll drop you an email
2: with, uh, you know, to share my perspective. Wow. So if I'm hearing everything correctly, you really got to put yourself to the side. Yes. And as you said, be gracious and listen and listen and listen some more and then offer even more. Yes. It's, It's kind of like the opposite thing to What most of us do in a conflict. We want to be heard. Yes. We want to go in there. So we've got to retrain our brains completely. Yeah. And do the opposite, right? Yeah. And Incredible. part of it is
1: awareness and part of it is training the ego.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And T, just then you did a really nice job of summarizing the act of listening and summarizing what I said before yes. responding. I was going to- <laughs>
2: Great. You see, it's working. <laughs> okay. So you mentioned Alrighty. writing an email to somebody. Can we stay partner? In email? Yes, in fact, I have a whole list Mm -hmm. of
1: competence behaviors and likable behaviors. So that's the competence of the predator before it's aggressive and the likable behaviors of the prey before they're too submissive. So if anybody wants that, they can email me and I can send them that list of
2: ways to stay partner in email. Fantastic. And I do remember that the last blog on the email that was posted in February is also about staying partner in email. So that's worth okay. taking a look at, folks. So we they can, can just check, check that out. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So they that. can find that on the website. Okay, good. On the do website we what... under blogs. It's the, it's the last one. The last, last one.
1: Blog. Okay, most yeah. recent
2: blog. It's cool. The most recent Perfect. Blog. So that's great. Yeah, because we do have to look out for that too. Do you want to tell mm-hmm. us a couple of things we should look out for very quickly in email? Uh, one would be, a way to stay... people
1: get sometimes too formal. Mm-hmm. Um, so or if there's in conflict they they may drop you know a greeting or the person's name so just saying things like hi amy um i hope you had a good weekend okay so you know just little soft gentle phrases like that are well or worth uh, important especially when
2: there's some kind of conflict brilliant thanks amy good advice okay so question number two how do i avoid going defensive as my first reaction
1: Mm. people think that this is just the way they are and there's no way to change this or fix this. And I assure you, there absolutely is. Mm -hmm. It's a muscle that that needs to be built over time. And my recommendation is that people practice in small challenges. For example, let's say you just missed the bus. Mm -hmm. Instead of getting all frustrated and ticked off and cursing like I sometimes do, you want to (laughs) mm -hmm, (laughs) pretend it doesn't bother you, even mm. though you're frustrated, even though it may cause some kind of stress. Maybe, you know, you want to blame someone else. You still want to act as if it's no big deal. So, the, you know, the bus is pulling off and you might say you get there, you take a deep breath, say, oh, OK, let me pretend I'm not upset. Um, oh, bummer. I'll have to call the office and let them know I'm going to be late. And sometimes, yeah. you know, when you put a little drama and, and silliness and playfulness,
0: mm. it can
2: help you to, to disengage from that anger and frustration even faster. It really does work. Amy, I've got to say, I used to be a highly, highly, highly stressed person. If anything wasn't going my way, I would be like zero to 100, steam coming out of my ears. Wow. Didn't give my, yeah, I didn't give myself a chance to breathe and, um, rel- you know, look at the situation and think, okay, let's find a solution. It was just immediate, gone. Mm-hmm. And I had this friend who talked to me about broken glass. So, you know, a common everyday thing that could happen. And I've got a child who's quite clumsy, and young, you know, and she, as growing up, she'd knock things off. Anyway, one day I was with this guy and he, he was from the island of Tahiti. And he okay. said, look, where I come from, if something breaks, we leave it for a couple of minutes and we go back where the dust has settled kind of thing. And then we pick it up. (laughs) The glass shards are settled. Yeah, kind of settled. Uh, And so this kind of practice, I've maybe put that into place now for about five years, has very slowly taught me how to change my reaction to any kind of situation. Awesome. You know, as we we were saying, if you change your reaction, the situation around you can also change. So you're shifting.
1: That is an example I'm hearing is you're shifting from reaction to response exactly you're literally creating that space Yep. the 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 trigger and then how Mm -hmm. you're choosing to respond
2: yeah walking away taking a minute to just take check take a rain check and then going back to something as silly and everyday mundane as a broken glass or something you know and you stub your toe and you kind of ah just actually a chill pill T,
1: you and I were talking earlier today, and you told me that you had a, you know, that great horror thing happened where you spilled something on your keyboard.
2: Oh, that was today. On your computer keyboard, not piano. No, right on my computer, the dreaded thing (gasps) that I thought about a couple of days ago because I have my bottle of water next to the keyboard. And then today I had a glass and thought, that's not very clever. And of course, <laughs> when we think that, you know, we kind of, the law of attraction, and they, for a second, that's going to fall on your computer, so you better move it. So I went back later to move it and dropped it on mm. my computer. So the whole hairdryer, panic, towel. <gasps> and the thing is, I laughed, okay? I laughed. Amazing. So I panicked for a second, and then I thought, okay, keep calm. And that's now something that I put into place, too. I kind of laugh, laugh it off. And then the panic slowly goes away. So yeah.
1: Wow. So that's
2: really cool. You're doing
1: exactly with the example of about the the bus is that you know you just bring playfulness to it. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I uh, would like to recommend to listeners is a book called Quiet.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: don't know why this makes me this question made me think of this book. Um it's about the power of introverts. And I can highly recommend it because uh, the author, Susan Kane, talks about how, get this one, Botox makes it more difficult to express and therefore feel certain emotions such as anger and disgust. Wow. Now, I'm not <laughs> recommending people go get Botox for this reason. No. Because you can practice not showing disgust or anger you know, on your face and your voice. Mm. And then it makes it literally more difficult to feel that negative feeling as a result. Crazy. Mm. And even though you may be feeling the frustration internally, it's important to disconnect from the external reaction. And over time you're going to be able to do this in higher and higher stress situations. And for me, T, the example you just gave a moment ago about water on the keyboard is a, a great example of a high stress Mm -hmm. moment. And, Maybe three years ago, you
2: wouldn't have handled that nearly as well as you did today. Absolutely not. I would have probably been in tears, screamed, cursed, everything. And actually, I I thought, oh, here we go. One of those stressfuls. I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) laugh. And I I physically have taught myself to laugh about stressful situations. And it works. And it's kind of like um, it puts me into a different frame of mind, really does put me into a different frame of mind that I can handle. So then I get um into my action mode it goes into yeah. action mode mm, so the yeah. towel and the hairdryer and the, yeah so right I recommend partner attitude and partner mode very highly okay Amy I've got another question for you and Had, before we jump into the next question mm-hmm. I
1: suggest we, we're going to take a pause here for a moment and yeah. we're going when we come back though um we're going to pick up on um more of the topic around uh, being on, on managing self before mm-hmm. we move on to an, the next topic, though. We're going to talk more about other topics as well. Okay, um, great. So listeners, tune in to your, tu- you're already tuned in. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little not Thanks. here uh, to partner up with Amy Carroll. When we come back from the break, we'll give you more juicy tidbits. All right. Stay tuned
0: become our friend on Facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice America do you have colleagues family members or neighbors that just drive you crazy sometimes do you occasionally find yourself feeling disrespected mistreated or annoyed by others as a no-nonsense communication coach trainer speaker and author Amy Carroll may have a solution for you for over 35 years Amy has studied status and power dynamics, what sabotages relationships, results, and how to get desired outcomes in business and personal interactions. Make your partner look good is a philosophy from improvisational theater, as well as Amy's favorite mantra. For the last 20 years, she has been using her superhero powers to inspire individuals and multinationals around the globe to transform their communication and tap into their own partner powers. With concrete behavior changes in voice, body language, words, and attitude, Amy shows clients what to keep and what to change to get more of what you want more often with less hassle. Visit carolcoaching.com today. That's C-A-R-R-O-L-L coaching.com. You are listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. We want participation from you. Feel free to send an email to amy at carolcoaching.com. Now, back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Here again is Amy.
1: Welcome back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. I'm here with my social media woman, T, and we have been talking about how to manage ourselves in high-pressure situations. T, you were going yes. to ask me in the next question, what was that? Oh, right. and um, you, we were talking during the break about how this makes me think of one of the stories from my book that mm-hmm. I'll read sometime on another show. Um, the title of the book is called The Chicken Dance. And it's a strategy for... Tra- Dealing with the stress. <laughs> Yes, for for transforming, transforming. The, uh, an ugly conflict
2: situation into something light and playful. Yes. Great. Okay, so the next question, Amy, is how do I remain authentic and at the same time control and drive my reactions? Tough one. Mm.
1: Yeah, you know, being authentic, I want to say something about this for a minute. That's a really high value for a lot of people. Sure And they think... you know, if, if I I'm coaching somebody and they say, well, Amy, I'm really angry. And I say, if, you know, you can show your anger if you want to, the problem is it's going to cost you. Mm -hmm. It's going to probably cause the other person to get defensive or fearful or something. So I'm not saying be inauthentic and pretend you're not angry. I'm just saying channel the, you know, a hold hold it together, stay calm and control in your body language, your voice and your words, and still express directly and clearly, Frank, I'm really angry. We had discussed this clearly and we missed the deadline. Mm -hmm. This is exasperating for me. So I, you know, I say really, and I say angry and I say exasperating except I'm not doing it. With, Frank, I can't believe you. What were you thinking? I'm so angry. So that, that may also be authentic, except it's going to, there's a price. So that's right. important, I think, for listeners to separate out the two.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Stating how you're feeling, it can be extremely authentic, mm-hmm. just not all the intensity that goes with it. Okay. So here's what I suggest. Slowly, calmly express your truth. Mm-hmm. So, Frank, I'm really surprised and concerned about the outcome of this project. You can be authentic with your words without the upset. In addition, using silence and pausing is a way to put positive pressure on the other person to respond. We talked about that a little earlier
2: when we talked about yeah. um, Valentine. Right. What did you call the pause again, Amy? The, the gentle pause. Gentle pause. That's something I need yeah. to remember.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm so say what you're feeling, then be silent, maybe even as much as 10 seconds or more. And if the other person doesn't respond, you can always ask them if they'd be willing to tell you how it impacts them, what you just said.
2: Okay. So if I understand what you're telling me right now is that we put words to our feelings rather than letting the feelings overspill. And we use in lots of social, uh, social media posts, the, the phrase emotional mastery, so that, yeah. for me, really comes in here. Yes. Mm, easier said than done. For sure. And many of us
1: have a very, what someone call it, we're, um, what's the word when you're, you, you don't know how to read or write? Illiterate. Illiterate. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we're, Glad I knew that. <laughs> I know, me too. Um, so I heard someone say recently, many of us are emotionally illiterate. Wow. In in that we're not able to name and identify many of our feelings or needs. Absolutely. So on my website, listeners can find under resources, a document for a list of feelings and list of needs, which mm. I recommend to my clients, take it, print it out, make three copies of it mm. and keep one, you know, one in your, your bag, one at, at
2: your office, one in the car. Name those emotions. Yeah. Yeah, because we're not taught at school. It's not something we go to college to learn about. And unless you physically go out there to seek that today as an adult, then it never gets dealt with. I've got people in my entourage who still think they're very predator, still think when they're right, they're right, you know, and they'll go all in to make sure their point comes across and that they get the outcome that they desire by forcing a situation. And of course, there are many uh, people that fall by the wayside and get damaged because of that kind of behavior. Yeah. So So this work is essential, you know, really is. Okay, so what is the best tactic for being direct in that case without obviously upsetting people at the same time?
1: Yeah, because people often think that when I coach them, it means they're not going to be able to be as direct as they Mm -hmm. want to be. And I am a big fan of being direct. Mm -hmm. Speaking your truth, say what you need to say in a way that the other people can hear it. Right. So that's the good news. Continue to be direct. You just want to make sure, first, to listen actively to the other. We talked about this in one of the earlier questions. Summarize what you mm-hmm. heard them say, use lots of pauses. And here's two more really important tips let yourself be interrupted. Wow. Yes. We and don't finally, like that. We don't like no, that as we humans. Do not. <laughs> no, 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 no. We really don't. Yeah. Especially if we were all nice and polite and let the, them speak without interrupting them, of course, it feels very unfair. Like, hey, that's not right.
2: And then it's and our turn. That's what we like children sometimes. It's, not, it's my turn. It's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And the other wow. thing about if you want to be direct and reduce
1: the likelihood of the other person getting defensive, you've got to definitely
2: avoid the word but. hmm. Oh, that's a yeah. biggie. Mm-hmm. We replace the word "but" with because that's something we we use all day, every day in the common yet mm-hmm. and okay. although right at the same time. So they have the same. Hand, okay, they have and the same. One more on. uh, is
1: is unfortunately if you if you like, deliver really bad news. You just, instead of "but," you say "unfortunately." That's okay. Powerful. And that softens the blow. And, and yes, because it's preparing them. Bad mm. news is coming. So okay. you see that that's not sugarcoating. And that's what, if I go off on this tangent, a lot of people think, oh, Amy, you want me to stop using "but" so sugarcoats. No, I want you to stop using "but" so the other person stops reacting and getting triggered to it because mm-hmm. many, many people get defensive unconsciously, not even realizing it's because of the word butt.
2: Incredible. So that tiny little word triggers people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, what is your recipe for sharing emotions as partner? Do you recommend showing your colleagues that an issue at work affects you deeply? Signed, a recovering harmony aholic. Another question: <laughs> Harmony aholic. Uh, mm. So, what's your uh, recipe, you Amy? You? Please share. Okay. Hmm. So, if I'm feeling sharing- really upset, sharing okay. is caring, right? yeah so
1: make sure you catch your colleague at a good time Mm -hmm. oh my gosh t i can't count the number of times i have started a difficult delicate important conversation at the absolutely worst time
2: Mm.
1: um you know my buddy and colleague robbie yes one time he and i were i think we were in some in some airport in germany heading towards the airplane and I thought it was a really good time to start a delicate conversation on
2: the way, as Uh-oh. we're sort of jogging to the plane. <laughs> <point. laughs> okay, right? Why not? Maybe <sighs> it takes Getting two to, things done at once. That, that's true. Multitasking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So you know, think about the space. Think
1: mm-hmm. about your mindset. Think about the other one. Maybe prepare them in advance that you want to talk about something. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you've both been fed and watered. For example. Yes. Then, like I said, let the other person know you have something that's on your mind, check to see if it's a good time for them, um, see if they're, you know, a- and, and ask, and ask if, if it's not, you know, what would be a good time?
2: Okay. So, so you're opening up a commitment. space. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: And sometimes I recommend if you feel like you trust this person, you m- may want to let them know that that the conversation feels uncomfortable or difficult for you um, and that you would appreciate if they would give you some patience. Mm -hmm. So what that's doing is it's making you quite vulnerable. And so that's why, you know, you don't want to do it with just anyone. You want to make sure that the person you're having this conversation with will honor that and and appreciate your vulnerability. They may not though, you know, Mm. keep that in mind. Okay. And then slowly, calmly, let them know how you feel. I would encourage you to keep it to just, I was just listening to a book today. I'm hoping I'm going to be interviewing this author in a couple of weeks. uh, He wrote a book called The New Rules of Marriage. And he was saying how, you know, people can't handle much more than four sentences. So just keep it to a couple of sentences and then if you feel like you have more to say, at least pause and let them digest what you said and let them respond to that. And then check to see if they're ready to hear more. Wow.
2: Um, so Yeah, so that's what I would recommend. Mm, some great advice. That seems like a real short amount of words, just two or three sentences to, to get your, your message across. And if, especially if you're upset, we often have more to say and we speak faster and... Mm-hmm. Lots of detail. So it also means we have to practice, right? We need to practice before we deal yes, with that. Well said, team. Mm.
1: Yes. So a lot of us, we wing it
2: mm-hmm. on the fly,
1: and, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if you're not going to wing it for a formal business presentation or <laughs> an interview for a job you want, I recommend you don't wing these conversations. Mm. So here's the, an example. I had to have a delicate, difficult conversation. It was back in 2005. T, I must have prepared, um, rehearsed, talked to people about this conversation I was going to have for probably over several week period for a a, a total of about 14 hours. Wow, that's good preparation. That's insane (laughs) that nobody has that type of that kind of time. The good news is that that 14 hours still pays off today. So every time I want to go have a difficult, delicate, important conversation, I don't have to prepare for 14 hours. Okay. You did the legwork. I did a lot of the legwork. And then each time it's a new conversation and I still have to get clear on what is it I'm feeling, what am I needing, what what's my request. Yeah. Um, and I'll sometimes do a role play with a friend of mine because they can have insight. Oh, no, Amy. That's, that's I, I would totally idea. get.
2: Yes. Role plays. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I use them a lot in my coaching. Mm. And um and even when someone's just playing the other person, they can hear things that you may not hear. Yeah. Like someone said to me the other day, "Oh, well Amy, um you sound like you're you're trying to be very controlling by saying that." And I thought, "Oh, I didn't, you know, I was surprised that it was mm-hmm. being heard that way. I thought I was just expressing my feelings." And then I said, okay, well, my intention is to make a request, and then I was able to see how, how can I say it differently so it cl- sounds like a cleaner request.
2: So important. It's a fantastic way to check it out before you actually go in there, isn't it, and, and deal yes. with the situation. Yeah, Fabulous. absolutely. Mm, in fact, there's a video on your website that's good for this we can refer well, to. This, I
1: think, the one you're thinking of. Are you thinking about the the verbally uh, how to neutralize a verbal aggressor? That yeah. Video?
2: If somebody's really going off at you and you need to calm the whole thing down.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's if they're if so. For listeners, if you've ever been yelled at
2: mm-hmm.
1: in your personal or professional life, unfortunately, just about all of us can say yes to that.
2: Oh yeah.
1: Then. um it, because it's, it's, we can train ourselves to respond very effectively in those moments. And what you're doing is you're breaking the automatic fight, flight reaction. And you're able to, though, you know, just like, you know, the, the marathon analogy, you've got to train that over and over and over. So there's a video I made that you can find in the video section and it's called n- neutralizing the verbal aggressor.
2: Yeah. I think that's the one that I'm in with you as well. We recently re- re-recorded, didn't we? Really?
1: No, no, it, no, oh, it's no, the that's sexy sexy a sexy French of mine.
2: guy. Oh yeah, the sexy French, the French guy. French t- English yes. guy. That's true. Yeah. 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 Okay. I've good time being Philippe was no. in that one. Yes. Philippe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. And it's so nice to watch you um, take that situation apart with him, you know, when he comes in shouting at you and completely diffuses it. I remember Mm Philip says it was like somebody put a pin in the balloon. He couldn't shout anymore because of what (laughs) he was feeling from you. You know, you were, again, going in with the the gentle silence and the the Mm -hmm. lower tone of voice, speaking slowly, opening up the space.
1: And let let
2: me, I don't think
1: I would say gentle silence in that moment because he was so aggressive. Mm -hmm. I was holding his energy without being aggressive back. So I was, I was centered. I was appeared calm, even though in those situations in your head, you're not.
2: The neutral stance, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Now I remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great video listeners. If you have got time to go and check that out, neutralizing the verbal aggressor. Mm-hmm. Okay, Amy, we're going to shift now into the crisis situations list. How are we doing okay. for time? Um, yeah, we've got about 10 minutes. Okay, let's jump in. So how do we handle ourselves in a crisis situation when we don't have time to prepare and it requires a response? Hmm.
1: Yeah, handling yourself well in a crisis situation is similar to training for marathon. Okay, so this is the one I, um, I was just thinking about. Mm-hmm. If you haven't gone out and trained, you've got to build up the stamina over months of jogging and then eventually running Yeah, because otherwise you're not likely to finish the marathon if you haven't put in that training. This is a little bit like we were talking about earlier is the rehearsing. And it's the same thing in a crisis situation. Practice responding. And it's a little bit like what we were just referring to this video. Practice in a calm, controlled, relaxed manner with smaller things that upset you. For example, okay. your partner comes home and you discovered that they forgot to buy a couple of items at the store that you needed for making dinner. Right. and, and crazy. I think, right? And <laughs> listeners, I want you to do a little self-assessment for a second. And don't worry, you won't have to confess this to anyone. When, in your, when you're in a situation at work that makes you crazy, and then you're in a, a different situation at home that also makes you crazy, Are you able to control yourself in equal amounts in both situations? A lot of times Uh -uh. people are miraculously able to control themselves at work. Oh, what a surprise. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So the at home with the family tends to be the places where uh, you can really benefit from practicing these things. And so um, and then what happens is this consistent practice will build up that muscle memory. So you'll have it available to you under pressure and in crisis. And that video that we mentioned a few minutes ago will address all that.
2: Great, Amy. Thanks. And why do you think we misbehave at home?
1: Well, I think intuitively we just know it's harder for them to get rid of us. (laughs)
2: you know legally it's gonna be a lot more people (laughs) you don't want to go through uh, that mm, so this is all uh, super useful for home too yeah
1: that's not yeah and and i i think also a little more seriously t is i believe that many of us don't address the issues soon enough okay so they naturally build up Mm. and we justify it oh that wasn't a big deal oh i you know he's having a bad day oh yeah and th- those things may be true, except the problem is what we're not realizing is that
2: this resentment is building up until we pop pop. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So how do I apply the pausing if I have a conflict with a superior who won't take enough time for the conversation in the first place, like a fifteen minutes little break to discuss a full year?
1: Okay. so you're so this person is talking about, Wow, that's that sounds excruciating to have a superior who only wants to spend a minuscule amount of time to do a, a annual discuss review. The whole, yeah, there you go. Wow.
2: Um, and I'm guessing this happens quite often, right? Uh I.
1: N- Luckily, I haven't heard to this too much. Okay. You know, I work with a lot of amazing clients and companies that have, you know, a very high standard and high quality way of handling um, your annual evaluations. And Though, I guess one thing would be to check, um, is this superior behaving this way with other people as well? Mm-hmm. Or do somehow, you, you know, is it that you're the only one that's getting this this uh, substandard treatment. I think that's an important right. thing to pay attention to.
2: Is it a personal um, issue between you and the the superior or the boss? Or
1: yeah, and you know, mm-hmm. is there because in a way, it's if this boss is willing to spend more time with other people, mm-hmm. that could actually be good news because it might mean that you could potentially request the same treatment or okay. you know, hold hold a higher standard
2: for your superior. So what I was thinking, Amy, is maybe the boss is too busy and only gives these 15-minute meetings because he's got so many other things to deal with.
1: Yeah, or she, she you know, that's what people put up with. Yeah. So she's able to get away with it. So um, that would be interesting to pay attention okay. to seeing what their pattern is. Great. And I guess I would recommend making a request to your superior during a conversation that's relaxed and comfortable, asking for a full hour. For mm-hmm. your end of your discussion, see what happens. So this sounds insanely simple, though many people don't do it. And what this is, is saying, uh, what, what I'm recommending here is ask
2: for what you want. Mm-hmm. And even if it feels like a smaller subject than the full annual year, maybe still ask for an hour, right? So that you get the time to fully talk around the subject.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you end up not needing the full hour, you know, that's, I think both parties would be happy, though. um, Daring to ask for what you want. I want to make that a slightly more generic point. Mm -hmm. And that's really important to pay attention. Are you someone who's in the habit of not daring to ask for what you want because you're super nice or you don't want to impose yourself on people or maybe you're not feeling the confidence that you deserve it?
0: You know, Mm -hmm. there could be
1: different things behind that. Okay. And the cool thing is um, when we lack confidence, which we all do from time to time in different ways, for sure. we don't necessarily have to feel the confidence to do the scary thing. So in this case, let's say, T, this person, it's an issue that they don't have the confidence to ask for what they want. Mm-hmm. They can still ask for it. Ask for it. So they don't have to feel like, oh, I deserve this hour. I have the right to. No, they can say nonetheless, hey, um, I'd really like to have this a uh, uh, one hour discussion next month. And the irony is you might get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah and the and the cool thing is that that could potentially
2: build up your confidence. So it's almost like you've got nothing to lose go for it kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's a good way of saying it. What do you say sometimes too? you say putting on your big girl pants? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Okay, like a bravery. Those are are unisex uh, pants.
1: Absolutely. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then if the person's not reasonable or that it looks like it's not likely to happen, let them know you're going to send your thoughts via email. Good advice. And then still make sure you express yourself in writing in a clear, concise and kind manner.
2: Using the partner tips that you can find in the latest blog for being partner in email, of course. That's right. Exactly. T,
1: you're not going to believe it. We are out of time. Wow. Where did that go? Right? And I'm so excited because now we can meet up again and do this all (laughs) because we have a whole bunch (laughs) more questions to get through. We've got so much to get through. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And these are juicy questions. So Mm. T, um, as we're wrapping up, let me ask you this. What is a call for action that you would offer listeners?
2: Okay, my call to action is going to go back to the Valentine story. So the receptionist in the spa in Chamonix. And I would ask the listeners to, when in the face of some kind of conflict, keep that cool, calm. What do we call the pause again? The gentle pause. The gentle pause. Allow the time for the gentle pause. Before you react and just nice. see what happens, just take a, a little second to see what happens. Okay. What about Implement you, Amita? You have, have a pause. pause? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, yes. I, one of my favorite call for action, in fact, I, pretty much every episode, I invite listeners to send me your communication conundrums, clashes, challenges, mishaps, blunders, and successes. And you can do that via email or through social media. And I'll do just what T and I were doing today. I'll read them, discuss them on future shows, make suggestions. And you can also drop me an email at amy at carolcoaching.com. That's two R's and two L's. Two L's. (laughs) And if you're ready to take your superhero partner powers to the next decade, Join me for my online leadership presence course. It's a fun-filled two-day program, and I can adapt it to time zones. So that's a very cool thing. And that information about the program is also on my website, Mm -hmm. carolcoaching.com. And I guess I would finish with a shout-out to, you know, it's International Women's Month. Yeah. T, a shout out to you, to the, oh, our two colleagues, amazing. Kim and Ivana. We have an amazing team. Yeah. And, um, you know, to the, the strong, powerful women out there that are making a difference in the world. Here, yes. here. And be sure to tune in next week when I'm going to be interviewing author, consultant, former mediator, and theater director, Hakeem Nowak. We're going to be talking about executive presence and making a great first impression. Oh, yeah. T, thank you for this time. It's been a wonderful conversation. You're welcome, Amy. It's been great fun. Thank Thank you. you. Cool. And thank you, listeners. You've been listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. And oh, T, I'm going to say one of your favorite quotes as a sign off today. Please do. Practice makes partner and partner makes peace. Oh, yeah. Happy partnering, everyone. (laughs)
0: Thank you for tuning in to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Join Amy for another edition next Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Central European Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, make it a great week. And remember, make your partner look good.